0: It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear, our favorite host is in the chair, the Truman
1: Show is on the
2: air. It's the Truman Show, with Truman Jones, a look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air, the Truman Show is on the air. From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street, Truman Jones is on News Radio WGNS.
3: Good morning, Rutherford County. And uh, these two gentlemen that I'm sitting with, of course, Greg Tucker's always a Monday star. Uh, but we have uh, J.D. Kennedy, who uh, uh, was telling everybody he was, J- was J.D. desk.
4: Deck. Deck. Uh, um, why did you do that last week? I didn't do that, but I don't have access to your tapes. My middle name is Deck. Do you do you have... Um, you asked me what JD stood for, and I said yes. James Deck Kennedy. Yeah. yeah. No, you didn't say Kennedy. Yes, I did. Listen, you
3: pull it up on podcast next time because you also... Uh, 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 was talking to a very sweet lady. Yes. Uh, Greg Tucker's wife. Good morning. And th- 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 there you go. <laughs> and, I just and, dropped by. You know. <laughs> I'm going to order something for breakfast. Yeah. He he he, he can be so. Um, I don't know what the, the particular word is, but. Uh, um, he he gets very fasty feisty I guess uh, the word is fasty. No, I'm going to have feisty feisty. Yeah, direct. Uh, uh, We're going to have to answer this call first no before worries. we go on any further. Caller, welcome aboard with Greg and JD. Hello. Hello. Barely hear you. I,
0: uh, hear I have a comment to make or a statement. In 1968. I asked for an absentee ballot. They said they couldn't send it out at 10 to 14 days, which would cut the turnaround time very short for me. I was overseas. I received the ballot 30 days after the election. I promptly marked it for Governor George Wallace, sent it back in, end of that. So absentee ballots are not as good as people think they are the short time from uh, they can send them out to the short time you send them back uh... is when in that case was too short and Truly that's yes. all i have to say Working thank you controls. that's called fiddling yeah fiddling with the controls. controls right.
3: i actually i could barely hear him then after y'all started talking i couldn't hear him at all but it had something to do with the absentee balance and, uh, well, that's right on point. Absentee ballots are not as good as people say. Well, I I can uh, actually I can't see any uh, reason to have absentee ballots at all right now. How about it, handicapped? Um, yeah, uh, and, and military people, of course, that, they uh, that's not a question as far as uh, traveling salesmen. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with absentee ballots is they can be uh, misused. Sure. And that, and that's what everybody is really worried about right now. But the well, Democrats don't seem to be worried about it at all. Remember Gene Little Evil Jacobs. I remember Little Evil Jacobs. One of the um, squires in uh, Davidson County, you yeah. might say.
0: Well, he, he ended up making them cancel an entire election and rerun it for Bless Congress. his heart. Um, J.D.
3: Yes, sir. Uh, when you were on last week uh, it was misinterpreted by me and and the sweet lady who has a birthday today that uh, you called her sir in a in a different language.
4: It certainly was not intended. Mm -hmm. I had been talking with her and I was enjoying it immensely and then you asked me if I could speak any French and I said, pas same, monsieur. And she took it offence that I was calling her a sir. Well, the last thing in the world is I would want to call her a sir. And I mm-hmm. highly apologize for you or me or whoever caused it. I, I love to hear you apologize.
3: <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> I, don't, I don't think she was offended. I think she was amused. Amused, yes, Actually, yes. she was
4: amused. <laughs> 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 is venice bejauwsta. Are, are you I
2: speaking
4: said, Polish now? No, that was Russian. Oh, okay. I'll vouch for
3: that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've been around somebody that speaks a number of languages, Greg, for many years. Have you uh, actually picked up on any of it? Can you speak fluently in French or or German or Russian or any of those? What else you want to talk about this morning? <laughs> Isn't life great? Yeah. Well, listen, listen, you, you wanted to say something in particular this morning, Greg. About which
0: I don't know. It's your, it's your subject. <clears throat> well, let's remember what I was talking about over. All oh, the we were talking about how the Boy Scouts can't get a good break. Yeah. yeah. And uh,
3: they sure can't. Bless yeah. Your
0: things that shouldn't amount to anything get played out. And uh, I read last night that the Scouts are now being required to make a recall. First time mm-hmm. they've had to recall anything. And you wonder, you know, what are they distributing? What turns out that uh, there was a new pin made for the Cub Scouts. If there any Cub Scout parents out there, yeah, yeah, you know, this may be important to Rutherford County. There's an activity pin that yeah. was distributed to the Cub Scouts for participation in the program.
3: Yeah.
0: Well somebody took the pin and tested it and found out that the level of lead in the pin exceeded the uh, national standard requirement. and are forcing the Scouts to recall 75 to 100,000 pins that have been distributed on the premise that some child might eat the pin. Uh, I don't know how many pins there have been over the lifetime of the Cub Scouts, but I don't think we've ever had one eaten uh, such that we would worry about that. But yes, the Boy Scouts are now recalling. And if any of you out there have a cub who's got a pin and, and wants to trade it in, take it over to the scout shop, and they will, they will refund in full. Where is the scout shop? Over uh, where Reeve seen Oh yeah, in the uh, there's a hardware. I mean, it was Hanes Hardware. Yeah. Over there, and they have a scout shop in the back of the store.
3: Is it a one or a two? The the lid.
0: If your pen can write on a pad, it's it's probably a two.
3: Yeah. Did did you ever chew on your uh, pencil, either one of you, when you were in grade school? Uh,
0: the eraser part, but never I did the too. Lead. The eraser. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. I don't know what the lead would taste like.
0: <laughs> uh, I do have something I'd recommend. On uh, uh, Oakland's, has put up a. Uh, video of, I think it was a lecture or presentation over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's quite interesting. I recommend it. Uh, if you go online Google Oakland's and slavery, mm-hmm. you'd get it, I'm pretty sure. And it is a story of uh, slave activity, slaves, mm-hmm. and the role they played at the Oakland's plantation. Yeah. Uh, and uh, what is to me interesting is that they've identified several uh, family names and they've traced some of the history Uh, after the end of slavery of some of these families, some Mm -hmm. of which still, still in the area. And one thing kind of caught my eye, I'm always hypercritical of any one history. The opening picture uh, on the presentation is uh, three black workers in domestic-looking uniforms. And uh, what it is, is domestic employees in about 1905 which is 40 years after the end of slavery. And also in 1905, it was not Oakland's. It was not owned by the Manny family. The Darrow family had it and they changed the name. Uh, and uh, you know, the Oakland's name was restored when it was, uh, we got into preserving it. But uh, it was Oak Manor in, in 1905. And the individual's pictured were certainly not slaves, but we're domestic employees, so it kind of amused me as that would be the leading picture uh, but apart from that, it's a very interesting program. I recommend those that are interested in the local history
3: now did you say the Dara
0: family? Yeah, it wasn't Clyde was it? Uh, I think he was related by marriage. Um, the Dara the Manny family went into bankruptcy. And lost the plantation soon after the Civil War. Yeah. And uh, the Darrow's uh, and, uh, were, let's see, the wife was an heiress to a very large uh, fortune in Mississippi. And the husband was a successful businessman in Memphis. They moved up here and were there led the society. Mm. In fact, I have read the claim that he owned the first automobile in Rutherford County. Wow. And eventually they sold the, the what was left of the plantation and built their own mansion up on East Main, which is still there. has some lion statues out in front of it. That's mm-hmm. uh, Sedara home. And uh, <laughs> while I'm going that direction, behind that house, back on the corner of Vine Street, is another antique house which is the original house that was on the lot. Mm-hmm. And the Darragh literally picked it up, shifted it back to the back corner of that block, and built their mansion there on that corner.
3: You know, uh, Greg is the one, he, he he loves history, and great historian, the best I've ever seen and heard. But, uh, you know, he he's pretty tight-fisted, uh, J.D. Really? Uh, guess how he heats his house over on East Main Street. A coal, I guess. <laughs> it used to be. <laughs> and we old, did switch to gas. <laughs> an old boiler. He has a boiler over there. Well, now, I know how that, many people still have those?
0: On, on East Main? I, don't so I mean, know. period. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I know it's been there 50 years, and it still seems to... Uh, what, what, the reason you bring this up is that I finally called Allied Boiler, mm-hmm. and I asked them to come just do a checkup on it before the heating season. And the last time they looked at it was 1996. So I thought it was about time oh, wow. to service it. But we've had no problems with it. Uh, you know, it it does what it does. Hmm.
3: Do they still sell them? I mean, w- with them operating and working on them?
0: I don't know whether you can buy a new boiler or not. A gas boiler mm-hmm. probably. I know. Uh, yeah. They still do some systems. like. But this was an old uh, steam heat boiler and uh, had the radiators I love uh, those now. Yeah when I reconditioned the building back uh, mid 90's uh, we took out most of the big radiators just for space Mm -hmm. but in the bathrooms I left it so if you're in the bathroom you've still got that little bit of steam heat.
3: I think it's the healthiest heat
0: there was.
3: Well it's comfortable. Oh goodness gracious. Of course, like you said earlier before we went on the air, uh, a lot of times those uh, schools, uh, you would think they would be extremely cold in the wintertime. I mean, it would run you out of there.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, right.
3: Now, uh, before we get any further, J.D. was going to sing Happy Birthday to somebody.
0: In French.
3: Yeah. Can you do it in French? I can't hum in
4: English. Well, you're not that bad. My mother is the only person I know that ever asked her son not to sing in church.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Bless your heart. That is bad. Uh, yeah, I'm sure that had an influence on the rest of your life. Yes, it though. did.
4: just ruined me.
3: <laughs> but church was better. Well, you can apologize, Demetriette, when you get home. Yeah. I thought we had it worked out.
0: Well, she may appreciate if you had acknowledged that uh, perhaps her favorite movie certainly her favorite romantic movie Yeah, Roman Holiday that's a great movie Yeah. tomorrow is the anniversary of the premiere of Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck
4: mm-hmm. ask her if her favorite song was Moscovia Vechera Moscow Nights most every Russian thinks that's the greatest song in the world she's not Russian but I'll yeah. ask her yeah but if she knows that song she'll like it never heard of it it was a hit, a number one hit here, just as music. I've never heard of it. It's kind of hum a little bit, hum a couple of bars. I can hum. Oh, well, all
3: right. I'm not getting anywhere with him, Greg. You got me in trouble. You got. No, a I didn't do it. You did it yourself.
0: <laughs> you got another 40 minutes. I hope you got some ideas.
3: <laughs> Is that all you had prepared for today? I can't believe it.
0: Oh, well, we had a wet weekend. Did you notice?
3: Yes, we had a wet w- uh, weekend, but you had a wetter weekend.
0: Uh, well, we, we were down at the lake, but the mm-hmm. rain on Saturday was very kind. It would sunshine and then rain briefly and sunshine. Yesterday rained solid on. But on you were the in town. the lake.
3: You were kayaking.
0: Oh, the on Saturday. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
3: Right. Saturday is still part of the weekend.
0: Yeah, and the 6-year-old learned to paddle a kayak. Looked real good at it. Yeah. And uh, And she
3: was absolutely gorgeous out there. I've got a picture of them, Mm J.D. And they were having a blast.
0: (laughs) Uh, But Sunday it rained all day. Mm -hmm. And uh, for those of us who look outside occasionally, you wonder, where is all this water going? Yeah. And you know, around uh, Murfreesboro, that is an issue we struggle with. And uh, I remember when the area I called Mercury uh, around Mercury Plaza and all the homes back in there were built. That was about the late 50s, 60s. Uh, it added an incredible amount of pavement to Mercury and was uh, back uh, in that time they had really had to confront the issue of what to do with all this water. Mm-hmm. And what they did with it was dump it over in what we now call the wetlands yep. around the Discovery Center and uh, the wetlands are protected. If you want to do anything there, you got to go through the Corps of Engineers and such. But a lot of people have the impression that the uh, uh, Discovery Center wetlands or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. uh, are uh, historically significant, uh, a natural occurring wetlands area. Mm-hmm. It's not the case at all. It's entirely man-made. And uh, of course, it uh, all my lifetime it's been Wetlands over there, the long forest protected. Um, but that's where most of the water goes, and there's a man made tunnel really. It goes from right next to the Murphy Spring Cave. It goes off kind of to the left, goes under the highway and on down over, and it picks up much of that uh, uh, water coming off the mercury area. Interesting, there's a massive sinkhole over there behind uh, the, the Kroger shopping center mm-hmm. over in that area. And the St. Cole property around it used to be owned by a fellow named Norman Hutchinson. He was the postmaster, mm-hmm. also a very active speculator and developer uh, in the area. And uh, he says uh, he used to tease the uh, city manager at the time, uh, Bart's father, what was his name? City manager fight. Yeah, yeah. Clyde. Clyde fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he'd plug that. he plug that, uh, sinkhole. And flood the town. Yeah, if he didn't get cooperation from yeah. the city administration. Uh, but uh, the history of uh, the wetlands is is intriguing, and I found in. Uh, uh, the annals of rutherford county written by john spence back in the 1870s when even then it uh, had lost its original look a description that uh, nostalgic and romantic to some extent but a good uh, documentation of what was there when the city was first set up and to share that from my first book a description by john c spence in 1870s the name that was used for it and still on the map was Sand Spring and he describes it as one of the finest springs in the country having a large broad basin moderately deep clear water in the center through a hole in a rock white sand came boiling up with the water in a bold manner which gave the name Sand Springs. This was a never-failing spring, the water cool and refreshing at all times, the water passing off in a bold manner through the undergrowth to the neighboring stream, which was the murphy spring branch, mm-hmm. flowed into that. The surrounding large oak trees, red oaks, sweet gum, other trees, these all thickly standing over the ground, casting a deep shade over the spring during the day, keeping the water at a cool temperature, Nearby the spring, large, moss-covered rocks lying piled, intertwined with heavy, growing timber. Just at the base, a large, long, projecting rock. Two caves angling back some 60 feet where they join, three by four feet, running along the solid rock, same size, all the way without a break in the walls. Little boy is visiting the sand spring. We're sure to make a visit to these caves. You read that description, and you wonder what happened to all that. Yeah, it, it's not there. What happened to all that? Hmm. Uh, the rocks began disappearing in the 1820s, 1830s, as Murfreesboro was building. Here was a quarry almost ready-made within a short distance of the of the courthouse area. So they began blasting, breaking, and removing the rock. Uh, in the spring was recognized as the water source for the city of Murfreesboro. and uh, if you go down there there's some stories about them trying to rig up some way to deliver water before the era of power to deliver the water up to the courthouse and and the housing that was being built there. One scheme was a conveyor belt uh, more like a conveyor chain with barrels hanging on it that was a complete failure. Mm-hmm. I read recently about uh, Bradley Academy. And Bradley Academy has probably got the most confused history of anything in the county. But the s- second chartered Bradley Academy, remember there was the first one chartered in 1806, which was out near Jefferson. The second one uh, wasn't chartered until about the 1840s and was where we now have a building called Bradley, Bradley School, Mm -hmm. that area. Uh, There, of course, was no running water. And if you were one of the outstanding students, first of all, you wouldn't be there except you came from a wealthy, well-placed family. Mm -hmm. But if you were an outstanding student, you and another outstanding student would be given the honor of hiking over to the sand spring and filling a bucket and carrying it back up to the school. Oh,
3: what an honor.
0: Yeah, and the account written by one of the students, it clearly was considered a uh, a recognition, an honor to do that. You wonder how do they carry enough water to make the trip worthwhile. They used a a, uh, pole on their shoulders with the barrel hanging in the middle and walked that back up Mm. to the school.
3: Are you sure that was one of the uh, more
0: brilliant students? (laughs) <laughs> I'm not sure, but he thought he was, Yeah. and uh, in the uh, early 1900s, he wrote a letter to the newspaper at the time, mm-hmm. which is our source, our source on that. Well, what happened? Uh, in the decade before the Civil War, uh, the railroad came through town, and the railroad back in those days, the steam engines needed a constant source of water. Uh, a fellow named C.V. Huggins, the original, had by then bought the property around it and controlled it and uh, the city was looking to other sources for its water supply. He leased the sand spring, what was left of it. Remember the the rocks are gone, the trees have been cleared, but the sand spring was still running. Mm -hmm. And he leased that to the railroad. The railroad built a rock containment around it so they would have a pool of water and just a flowing spring. And then they filled in the uh, uh, stream that flowed on down to the creek. In other words they bottled it all up keeping enough depth where they could easily draw water for the steam engines. Uh, The water though exceeded the capacity of the containment they had put there. Mm -hmm. So it overflowed just over to the sides of it and created what's described in the literature as a mud hole and uh, that's the way it was for many many years even after the uh, railroad quit using it uh, I can go remember going in there some years ago and the the stone or rock uh, basin was still there if you go there today it's not far from uh, the radio tower Yeah, but it's completely covered by water. You don't see it except maybe in the very dry parts of the summer which didn't happen this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, You might see just a little outline of it down in the water but it's still there. So what we consider our important preserved wetlands is a mud hole and uh, after it was uh, decided to use it for the drainage out of the uh, south side of the city it became a wetlands. Uh, and it is. Uh, there have been beaver in there, mm. and a lot of other wildlife. Uh, the beavers were a bit of a problem. I think some of them got uh, relocated. But, uh,
3: uh, were they alive when they were lo- relocated?
0: That that was a requisite. Yeah. They had to be live trapped and moved. Yeah. Uh,
3: Bless their hearts. Yeah. Now, you were talking about behind the Discovery Center, which were, that's where we. Can people go down there at any time? Because there's a lot of activity at the Discovery Center now.
0: Yeah, if there's room in the parking lot to park, you just walk to to the lower end of that area, Mm -hmm. and there's a a scenic walkway with some history uh, described in tablets that'll take you over, and the access to the spring now is blocked, uh, but the Murphy Spring is still, you can see the opening of the cave, but remember again, that has changed dramatically. The Murfrees Spring was actually a sinkhole mm-hmm. and much of the water that came out of the cave was disappearing into the sinkhole. The sinkhole was filled in after a couple of tragic drownings uh, in that area. And uh, a lot of rock, large rock, were put into the sinkhole. So now it's probably only a few feet deep, but still, still flowing. And of course, as I said, off to the left is the man-made drainage mm-hmm. it comes in. And probably is running pretty steady right now after all that rain.
3: Yeah, it's amazing how water flows through here. I was over there uh, on County Farm Road yesterday after, well, it was during the rain. And I wanted to see what was happening. You always mess with me on the one-lane bridge. But it's on County Farm uh, County Farm Road over there. uh almost right next to the community center. And, uh, community care, yeah. Yeah, thanks for uh, clarifying saying that, that yeah. for you. Yes. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, but anyway, the water was already barely flowing over the bridge itself. You didn't so drive over it, did you? I did. Oh, the okay. only time I don't drive over it is when it's absolutely flowing over that. But there have been a number of cars that have been swept but right now they do have railings on the bridge, so that that's a that's a big plus because there have been a number of cars that have uh, foolishly tried to get across when when it was absolutely flowing. But I just I did want to see how uh, what it was happening because I think at that time we had already had about three inches of rain right here in the county. Yep. So it was absolutely flowing. And what did
0: you do after you went across it?
3: I uh, continued to drive on home. <laughs> what were you expecting me to do?
0: Well, oh, I thought you were doing something interesting that you were leading <laughs> up to tell us about. Yeah, mean, well, you know, maybe.
3: yeah, driving across the bridge to... Why, why would I input something interesting? Because we hadn't yet. <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with you.
2: Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com.
1: Middle Tennessee football returns to Floyd Stadium this September with an exciting slate of home matchups. MTSU has put in place safety precautions to ensure a safe and fun atmosphere for Blue Raider fans. Guarantee your seat is secured today. With a season ticket price starting as low as $99. Go to GoBlueRaiders.com slash tickets to reserve your seat. We're stronger together. Our town, our team. True Blue, Middle Tennessee. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford dealer, host of the Truman Show live broadcast.
3: One of the finest restaurants in Rutherford County at the top as the friendliest. It's like a magnet. You just draw people in here.
1: It seems different here in Murfreesboro. It just seems like everybody is more welcoming. Open Monday through Saturday at 630 for breakfast and lunch, Thursdays and Fridays for dinner. Food is ready made. You make it. Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad, across from the Ford
5: dealer. Now, an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. Four people had to be rescued on Sunday. Rutherford County Fire Chief Larry Farley explains what happened.
2: Right around
4: 1216, we had a report of three people that had gone down in the snail shell cave. a father and two sons, they became trapped because as they tried to come out of the cave, they were about 200 feet down. The water was coming inside the cave so fast they couldn't overcome the water. So we sent uh, EMS and Wolfgang Fire Rescues technical team out there and they rappelled down in there and were able to get all three of them out.
5: Detectives are asking for assistance in identifying the man and woman who cashed a stolen check at Advanced Financial ruffinsborough police reported the checks came from a wallet stolen on august 25th after the pair cashed the check they reportedly drove away in a dark colored vehicle security photos are on our website wgnsradio.com so is the contact information for the detective who's working the case there was a double fatality accident on i-40 early saturday morning near the sulfur springs road interchange in rutherford county 27-year-old Kathleen Woody of Oakwood, Ohio, was evidently traveling eastbound in the westbound lane. Woody's Volkswagen Jetta collided head-on into a Toyota Camry, being driven by 22-year-old Keontae Clemens of Huntsville. Both drivers pronounced dead at the scene. The team has water rescue capabilities. Socialize with us on social media. Log on to Facebook.com slash WGNS Radio and click the Like button, or follow us on Twitter at WGNS Radio. And for news on demand 24-7, there's always WGNSRadio.com. I'm Ron Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand
2: at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS.
1: Now's the time to start teaching good financial habits to your
3: children, and we're here to help. Hi, I'm Nancy with Heritage South Community Credit Union. Our chipmunk and squirrel saver accounts help your child learn how to save and reward them for regular deposits or good grades. Our Team cash accounts help your team learn to manage their money wisely and have options to build their credit. To learn more, visit our website, HeritageSouth.org, insured by the NCUA.
1: Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. We'll see mostly sunny skies here this afternoon with a high into the mid 80s. Winds out of the northeast around 10 to 15 miles per hour, gusting as high as 25. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcieszek on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's seven premiere six theater is open they're excited to see you again and will be showing some classic movies you'll be sure to enjoy check murfreesboro movies.com for showtimes for premiere six theater they're now open
2: from Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at WGNSradio.com. I think we're back, guys. But
3: if y'all want to continue on with the conversation, just continue on.
0: Well, why don't you ask us a question?
3: Uh I think that um all the questions that I have asked so far have gone unanswered. Okay. I don't know exactly what's going on this morning. I think when when you're at number two to one, I I think I have lost control of this <laughs> entire show.
0: Yeah, you probably have. I don't know where you're gonna take it.
3: Down. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I've asked J.D. three or four times to do something that would be uh, kind of entertaining, but he refuses to do it. Um, how many languages
4: do you actually speak, J.D.? Well, I mean um, fluently? Fluently, I only spoke two. Well, that was English and Russian. Yeah. But in all the traveling I did, I picked up knits and pieces. And that's why when I get in trouble talking a language, nobody knows what's going to come out. I, I, I think that if you are translating a language, you don't learn it. Until you think in a language, then you can learn it. So in other words, you look at this and that's a stakan, it's not a cup. You, you, but if you look at it and say, well, in Russian that's a uh, stokan, you'll never go anyplace. So if you're just picking up bits and pieces, you're not really translating, you don't know the language.
0: Where do you want to go with your cup in Russia? <laughs>
4: It was just, uh, when I learned Russian, <laughs> we walked into a room and the teacher was a Russian speaker and did not know any syntax. And he just said, Sitan Sadich. And he said, Kennedy Stoeta. And he had a pen. He said, the Perro. Go to the next guy, Stoeta, the Stekan. He goes around the room, comes back up to me, and he said, Stoeta. And he wanted me to remember Perro we went two years and never spoke a word of english in class and that's the way to learn it but you think in that language finally when you see it you see that word you don't see our word
3: you have to be someone who is comfortable in that language for
4: you to be comfortable correct we well, have to learn to be comfortable in that language Yeah. and i was fluent when i graduated from the academy then as i got older i lost it and a lot of it. And then when I went over to Russia, it a lot of it came back mm-hmm. because I was immersed in Russia. Yeah. And everybody was speaking it, and it, it grew back up quickly. Now it's, you know, kind of propped off again. But I got enough tapes and stuff at home, like the, this uh, basketball player that's Russian basketball. I'd love to talk to her, but I'd like to brush up on my Russian. MTSU. Yeah, I'd like to brush up on my Russian before I do. But, uh, and I understand now that she's from Moscow, and of course I've been to Moscow, mm-hmm. so we'd have some things to talk about.
3: I, I, I guarantee you she would love to have a conversation with you.
4: Oh yeah, just like when I was in Russia to hear somebody speak English, we, you know, you just were wild. And go over there and see McDonald's and Pizza Hut and stuff like that, and in Russian, uh, little things from home makes a big difference, makes you feel more comfortable.
3: Of all the languages that's one language that I really never had any interest in and I just wonder how in the world did 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 that allure you to that
4: particular language okay this might be a little boring but when I went to the academy we were Don't offered worry about that. we were yeah we've been bored a while yeah. there we were offered four different languages
0: i won't take that person. no and
4: the well there were four parts but anyway, in the four different he's languages, made
3: one person in the family mad. Now yeah, he's got
4: two. <laughs> yeah, I have a perfect record here. Before long, but three of the languages everybody already had been taught here. So I said, I don't have a chance in French or Spanish or German. Nobody's taken Russian in high school. Plus, we were at war with Russia, yeah. and so that got me started it with a. It was cold too. Colder. Co- well, it became colder. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, because of my Russian interest. Then I studied everything they had, their le- legal system, their art, uh, every, everything about them. And Did you of go all it, the
3: way back to Lenin?
4: Oh, before Lenin, yeah. Mm. I got a picture of me with Slava Stavashkin, who was, uh, used to be the UPI interpreter for English. Mm-hmm. And he'd handled all our trips here. And he and I stand in front of Lenin's tomb Uh, shaking hands because he's embalmed in there uh, in a gas situation. I didn't go in, but he's in there. But no, uh, I got to go to see all of the old uh, uh, palace works, all the old silver, all the old gold. I saw where uh, one of the sars was a young kid that was not very bright. Where he sat, there was a little door, trap door in the back and the mama would tell him what to say because he didn't know what he was doing. Uh, There's quite a... Just studying Russia would take years and years and years of all the different languages, all the different uh, things that changed it. Uh, But what I got to see was it come from a very almost agricultural society to almost caught up to us. In a very short amount of time, where it took us hundreds of years, it took them 20 years.
3: Well, you had a different perspective than what most of us have of the Russian people.
4: No question.
3: Because uh, from what I've got from friends that I have known that have been over there, uh, they didn't live up to that particular uh, uh, brand of dealing with technology and things like that.
4: Well, when I went over there, I expected it to be horrible because a friend of mine here was a preacher. He'd gone over there and he came back and told me how horrible it was. When I got over there, all I saw was new construction. Mm-hmm. And uh, then they took me to an underground city in Moscow where there was like four floors of uh Department stores and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. and most of the stores were so expensive I couldn't buy anything in it. They were that up to date. And then when I started with entertaining well, the Russians, we're talking about a communist country. How could that be? No the communism had fallen by the time I got there. It was, it was still there, but it was not. They'd already had it where you could have home ownership and you know that sort of thing they had changed dramatically by the time I got there and then the last group that I had of Russians So we had three different groups come over here to learn real estate The first ones were very country and the last ones were wearing Gucci clothes and they were more worldly than I was, they traveled more than I had uh, so things have changed, we could go to the uh, they took me to a car plant in uh, Nizhny Novgorod in Russia and all the cars in there was a museum Looked like our 36 to 38 Chevrolets and Fords and whatever, identical. Because our people had gone over there and taught them how to build them. Everything new was a Russian car, which didn't look at all like our cars. So the war changed a lot, us, changed them. Uh, and sure of sure that you
3: weren't on the Truman Show that day? <laughs> you know the old movie where they set up an entire world just for you? That I'd, wouldn't I'd, have been... Impossible.
0: He's talking about one of the Marx Brothers movies.
3: No. Yeah. <laughs> probably. probably. <laughs> <laughs> but
4: no, I, the people, one of the questions most people asked me when the Russians were coming here, we were teaching them real estate and then I was in Rotary, Rotary so I was taking their, care of their housing and their social life, so I had them 24-7. And the majority of those that came over here, regardless of ad- academic level, hated Americans. Because they have been taught that. And what I taught them, every one of them, even when I went to Russia and taught them again, I said, I had friends in Russia, Ru- I mean Russian friends here in 1958. I said, I told them the same thing I'm going to tell you. The Russian people and the American people have never been at war. Only the Russian government and American government. And they said, there's no reason we can't be friends. And every one of those that came over here hating Americans, we left as friends. Mm -hmm. Or we could, we didn't, you didn't have to bull crap anybody anymore. You could tell it like it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, We weren't putting up a facade. You know, We uh, we were open with one another. Now, we teased one another a lot. Uh, like uh, they one time a whole group of young Russians who got me together at a drinking party and kept telling me this one guy was KGB You know which is their secret service and before the party was over they thought I was <laughs> and they admitted he was not KGB but because but my son-in-law was in the State Department and they thought we were
0: well, there, there was a period during the Cold War that if any delegation from Russia came to the United States, somebody was embedded in that delegation, No question. who, who was KGB or whatever was the oh, yeah. the discipline, because they worried about, uh, and you saw it many times, the Olympic athletes and whatever it might be would seek asylum. Sure, and sure. And uh, you can understand why the difference. When they saw a free country and what made the difference, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would expect that.
4: Well, back in '58, when they brought the Russians over to the academy, you could tell who the communists were and who the Russians were. Uh, you couldn't. You could be both, but if you weren't a party member, you were not
0: fully trusted. Yeah,
4: that you were watched. Yep. And like when I went over and visited Russia, I have a thousand pictures of me in Russia, and my daughter keeps pointing out who was watching me while we were over there. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't watching them, but they knew where I was at all times.
0: Well, I have not been to Russia, but having been to communist Vietnam mm-hmm. back about ten years ago, uh, I wondered about the fellows who were always at the same corner sitting on their motorcycle. Oh, yeah. And uh, just appeared not to be doing anything. Well, yeah. finally, one of our friends there explained that they are the ones working for the government, and they're watching, sure. watching everybody, everything. And uh, I even got on friendly terms with the one right outside the hotel, because he'd tell me where to go for different things. Um, but I thought that's not a bad job, just sit here all day on well, your... One funny on your thing about
4: Trip to Russia <laughs> with this, of the communist, non communist whatever, you... When you're driving, you, uh, of course, people told me there were no paved roads, and I drove it at 120 miles an hour on some of their roads. But you'd come around the corner out in the country, and like a <laughs> railroad crossing would stop you. And the militia would be there who were, only money they made is whatever you gave them. So they'd harass you until you gave money, and then they'd raise the thing and let you go on. Mm-hmm. And I saw this all over Russia, but I was always being escorted and that thing was never down when we came up. Somehow there was some way they knew the car before we got there.
3: Now who was president of Russia when they changed um, from a less communist government?
0: Changed to a less communist?
4: Well Gorbachev, you know, was when they said take down the wall. Yeah, That may be where you're looking for. And you know according to the Russians it had nothing to do with us. Uh, the wall was coming down, yeah, and we just took advantage of it they th- they wouldn 't want to admit that anyway no, but the the thing was crumbling. Uh, I met a young man uh, here and over there uh, lived with him for a while, and when they offered everybody can have whatever own whatever they say they own, mm-hmm. he ended up owning all the casinos in Russia, so at twenty three years old, he was the richest person in Siberia.
3: Well, you said earlier that people can own their own property. Sure. Now. Sure. So is that a complete ownership?
4: Apparently. While I was there, I know everything he owned was his.
0: Yeah. I wonder if they have anything like eminent domain, though. I know in, in uh, Vietnam, the farmer actually is there with the consent of the party. And if the party decides someone else should be there... He's out. And while he's there, he treats it as though it was his property and, mm-hmm. and his to work and, and get earned from, however.
4: Well, my buddy, who owned a lot, was a very, very affluent and uh, carried three worldwide phones with him. Now lives in Moscow, so I'm assuming they came in and took everything he had.
0: Yeah, I would think that's still the threat there. Oh, that's yeah. Totalitarian yep. government.
4: Yeah. You own it until they want it.
0: Let me come back to a local thing and just make a quick report. Uh, people are still curious and ask me about the dam removal project over at Sam Davis. Mm-hmm. The Tennessee Historic Commission and the Corps of Engineers have halted the project Good uh, for a more detailed review of the historic significance, if any. Mm-hmm. And uh, eventually, I'm sure the Historic Commission will come to a conclusion. And uh, at that point, things will either pick back up or or will be put down. Hmm. Uh, Also, let's see, uh, Mike Waller in his uh, appeal, Mike applied for an additional 30 days in order to do his document review and prepare. And uh, the administrative law judge granted the additional 30 days. So we're talking into October when the actual hearing will be scheduled. And there's what we call a motions practice, which will probably influence that before we get to that. Uh, I think positive development is that the uh, trust board out there has come up with a draft, they call it a memorandum of understanding, which would involve the school board and the Sam Davis property, which is the property owners and this uh, outfit called Cumberland River Compact, which is the one that proposes to tear down and earn the mitigation credits and such. And uh, the, the draft memorandum specifies that after the completion of the project, those three would divide up the remaining funds. Of course, that's a seven-year period before they uh, release the stream uh, at that point. Uh, I have a copy of the draft memorandum and uh, it does not include accountability or uh, audit, things of that sort. We're talking about perhaps as much as a million dollars. If the audit provisions, the accountability, the transparency uh, are added to that arrangement, I think that would be a good workout. And I need to give Mayor Ketron a little credit, he expressed some concern about circumstances there and in reaction to that uh, this uh, memorandum of understanding was apparently drafted by someone there in the trust group so hopefully it'll uh, eventually work out and to favor the Sam Davis and its financial needs and uh, also hopefully preserve the history of the area there
3: and uh, none of the governments, uh, as far as Rutherford County and Smyrna. Uh, were they ever uh, notified of what was going on with My, that particular project?
0: Not until Mike Waller, who was on with us last week, uh, brought it to everybody's attention and he more or less stumbled on it. He lives in the neighborhood around the San Davis property and saw a public notice mm-hmm. which said essentially we're going to tear down the dam in order to generate these mitigation credits, which On the face of it, none of us later understood what they were talking about. We now understand. uh, And uh, still it's an open question as to how it's going to work out.
3: Was was any of the media uh, notified during that particular negotiation that was going on about the dam?
0: No, there was no, no public discussion except for the public notice. And as I say, that was... Talking in terms that most of us didn't have any idea what they were talking about, generation of compensatory. The
2: voice of Rutherford County, the flagship station.
3: I thought I heard the radio come on. You guys can't hear. You can't hear anything with your uh, no. mics, can you? No.
0: I don't. We don't hear anything.
3: We
4: hear you.
0: Yeah.
3: Well, that's not a big thing. <laughs> Oh, we're still going. I I see the go ahead sign over there. Uh, But that's that that particular situation. Greg was one of I have never heard of anything like that before, in 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 our community. And it it was, it when things are that quiet, it always makes me nervous.
0: Well, there when it when it's
3: something like that.
0: Uh, If I'm being critical, that's the problem. That you know when this first became known as a possibility. We should have had much more open discussion, oh, yeah. uh, and uh, involved the property owner, all the property owners from the outset. Uh, and uh, the numbers should have been highlighted early on, because we've had members of the board of trust out there say, "Well, we never, we never understood the, the dollar numbers until Mike Waller began to uh, educate all of us on what he had learned.
3: You think that something like the Sam Davis home, with all the historic value, um, the ownership would be kind of locked in stone, but it, but it's all over the place. When we're talking about the, the, the school board, I mean the schools themselves. Um,
0: they are a, a part owner of that particular area right there. Well, the dam itself, we confirmed with county records, it's fifty-fifty. Half the, literally half the dam and half the creek right there are owned by the school board. Yeah. Uh, school, the school board, of course, is a, a what do you say, a, a part of the state of Tennessee. Yeah. And the property ultimately is is part of the state. Same with Sam Davis. That property is owned by the state of Tennessee. It's entrusted to the, the board of trustees uh, for maintenance and operation and such mm-hmm. and then there's a board of directors beneath the board of trustees which makes it somewhat confusing uh, but it's it belongs to all of us it's hmm. state property so you know all of us got should have a, a vested interest in and in a concern about it and as I said uh, Mayor Ketron's expression of concern I think triggered this uh, effort to come up with a memorandum of understanding that will eventually I hope Deal with the financial issues. Uh, right now it's in a primitive status.
3: It seemed like just on a, a whim or whatever, some people saw some interest in that particular dam, and I think what most people are really concerned about is what was it that brought their attention to the dam and what are they going to be able to get or utilize from the dam being torn down? It's it just, uh, I've, well, I've never really seen anything like
4: this before. Wouldn't it be kind of like wetlands? Remember when the governments had to buy up wetlands and nobody really knew why yeah. and doing preservations?
0: Well, the Stewart's Creek uh, it, it, certainly the part that's in question is within the Corps of Engineers domain. Corps of Engineers though has to jump through some hoops before they can you know sure. uh, issue their release or whatever that may be and that's where the Historic Commission for example comes in. As best we can understand the initiative originally came from this outside group it comes Cumberland River Compact which is a volunteer non-profit group but they are clearly in the business of locating uh, opportunities to generate these mitigation credits which are then sold to developers or even to back to the state of Tennessee Department of Transportation and uh, the Tennessee Department of Environment and Conservation if you want to put a bridge across the creek you have to go to them and they will tell you how many mitigation credits you've got to Put forward, sure. purchase, and put forward in order to put your bridge over. And uh, this compact uh, outfit is essentially the best we can tell in in the business of finding and generating finding opportunities and generating these mitigation credits, and then making them available uh, for a price to um, a developer who needs to interfere with the creek somewhere else.
4: Mm.
3: I still don't understand it. And I hope that's... We're not
4: supposed to.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's why transparency is very important. Yeah. yeah.
3: Well, we've run out of time, guys. All right. Enjoyed it. Yeah. Well, I, we, we, I'm sure uh, that people enjoyed having your input, mm-hmm. except from at, and and uh, Thank you for singing the happy birthday song for In in my mind. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure it was beautiful. Oh, yeah. Would it have been in a a deep bass? I don't even want to hear it. Oh, okay. (laughs) Of course, it's the Greg Tucker Show. We'll see you next week. All right. Thank you very much. Everybody have a great day.
0: What's happening?
4: How are you doing, young fellow? Good to see you. Did you sell any fish? Did you sell any fish? I didn't you did. You did a success. sale. 8, had 850 people. Did you Big, big success. Look like you're lined up a mile. Yeah, yeah they had a. time went
0: great. All because
4: right. of the Truman Show promotion. Yeah. <laughs> right.
3: Right. Yeah. Turned that rear wheel. Good. Good. Y'all, I, I, that's a great sorry. project.
1: Would you like something to drink? No, I'm fine. You're good.
3: Maybe next year it'll be wide
4: open. So, so you know, know, next year will be on September the 11th oh, oh yeah, second. oh yeah Like we've already started You'll uh, have and don't you have an air show, show next year too What's it? don't you have an air show next year too sometime in September hey JD who used to fly C C-130 he wants we, he, he wants
0: to
2: From Sylvan Park Restaurant on Northwest Broad Street. It's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming online at
0: WGNSradio.com.